Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Welcome to episode 516 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, joined with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? I like having a number on these podcasts. It makes me feel accomplished, like we did something, or and are currently doing something. That's right. It feels like we've come a long way, Joe. And uh, did I do this? La- no, I did this on Ad Odds last week, where I was going to say I was going to sing "Look Like Looks Like We Made It," but then I don't want to sing enough of it that we get DCMA attacked or something. That's right. We can only do like four words, and then we're done. Right. But yeah, I am the human auto tune. Just that, however I sing, sounds horrible. When you were a kid, did your like teachers tell you you were pitch perfect or something like that? Is that what happened? Um. No. Um. <laughs> I don't think I ever tried out for any of those sort of things. I think uh, the years that I was even like near, like when your high school does musicals and everyone sucks and you're mm-hmm. like, you know, you're good for the school, but then like you get out of the real world. I would do like stage crew. I was a big right. stage crew guy. Yeah. The closest thing I ever came to doing anything in high school, anything was football when the coach came in in the cafeteria and saw me getting food and went, son, if you join the football team, I can get you as much of that as you want. And I was like, talk to you later. I'm not running in the sun. I'll see you. <laughs> uh, yeah, by the time I hit high school, I was like long done with sports. I think I was like maybe playing tennis up into like ninth grade, but then it was just like, nah, I'd rather do nothing. I'd rather get a job and make money, you know? What, you, you couldn't make money playing tennis, Joe? Not the way I did it. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's fantastic. But uh, we have a f- jam-packed show this week. Uh, in the news, Tom Taylor announces what's going on with his recently uh, canceled book. Also, a ton of news from the fallout of last week from DC, from like everything that they're doing. Also, uh, Alan Moore, uh, their DC is... Uh, is publishing one of his unused uh, proposals that I know a couple of people who will be willing to finish it if they want to. And also a ton of stuff out of DC fandom too. Um, What we read last week, which was seven secrets, number one and immortal Hulk 36. What we're looking forward to this week. Uh, There are some Todd's art attacks this week. And I believe if my notes are correct, Joe, there was no TV that we watched last week. So there will be no TV talk at the end of this episode. That's right. I had a busy weekend. Uh, I have a busy at-home weekend this weekend. And uh, it's all... uh, I'm I'm going to devote my time to when the uh, boys makes its return uh, Labor Day weekend. Is that what that is? The first weekend in September, Labor Day? I always, I thought the, it could be, I don't know, I'd have to look. I get confused on those roving holidays, Joe. Yeah, you ain't kidding, pal. But So, let's get into the news. Enough of trying to figure out what days are. Uh, right off the rip, it came out, and I'm surprised this one didn't get picked up by more news sources, but that's okay, it could be the thing that we talk about. Um, with November's issue 11 of tom taylor's suicide squad which we've both been enjoying quite a bit it's coming to an end Mm -hmm. now uh the reason i bring this up is because it's a you know 
a hot property, if you will. It's a successful title. It's a very good-looking book. Uh, but Tom Taylor has come out saying that the book itself is not canceled. We knew it was going to be a maxi-series and planned accordingly. We're telling the entire story we wanted to tell, and we're already planning a future uh, for these characters. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, look... Now, we, I had postulated when this book first started, it's like, oh, okay, they're going to just use the Suicide Squad name. They're going to have, like, Deadshot and Harley Quinn be in the book for, like, two issues. And then, like, by issue three, Harley Quinn's gone, Deadshot's gone, and it's just going to be these new characters as the new Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. So that's not what's happening, but I definitely think what's going to happen is we're going to get a new number one called The Revolutionaries. Right, that's what they're going to try and push, and hope most likely it. I can't see it not having Harley Quinn in it, like uh, because that's going to be your draw constantly. So sure, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to because I I thoroughly enjoy the group that is the, the the revolutionaries. Obviously, there's the brand name, the Suicide Squad that goes that you know goes that everybody knows, and I always love. But I'm willing to fall it over if it's Tom. You know, it's this creative team and everything. By all means, I'll pick it up, and I hope it. I hope it catches on. You know what I mean. But uh, the only thing that's just weird to me is like the like it's gonna end with a weird numbering. You know what I mean? Like the Suicide Squad. Uh, that kind of kind of makes me sad because it doesn't feel like it'll fit into uh, you know like trades or whatever. But either way, I'm gonna follow it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like that. Um, the what was the name of the uh, superhero? Uh, book of the Chinese superheroes was the, like the Big Ten or something. The Great Ten that went nine issues. <laughs> this gave me flashbacks to that. But I will say this: if eleven issues is the story that Tom Taylor wanted to tell, I'm glad they didn't make him pad it out to twelve issues. I agree, but I do probably think what is it's either ended in eleven or thirteen. I get confused. Um, I feel like he probably tweaked his story to fit that, that it probably would have fit in a, you know, uh, a thing of six, if you will. That's what a trade usually is. Maybe five, like some of them, some weird ones are five or four, but I just look at it as like that odd number just, just makes it weird. Unless they're actually going to give them, I hadn't thought about it, a double size final issue. So that would give you two issues, if that makes any sense, you know? So we'll, we'll see. I could I could also see them throwing in the uh, story from the Flash Annual Three to even everything out. Oh yes, that's right. I could see that going actually not in Flash trades and being in the Suicide Squad trades. Right. I didn't think about that. You're a smart man, Joe. Uh, listen, this is why I should be in charge of the collections department, the digital collections department, at all the companies. That's your dream job, like, you know, Emperor of Collections. Mm -hmm. Now, you had mentioned about this Twilight of the Superheroes things from Alan Moore. Now, between me and you, when I saw this come across my thing, I thought to myself, I saw saw keywords. I saw DC, Alan Moore, and I'm like, that's never happening. Right. So, is this happening? It is and it isn't. It is an unpublished proposal where there's no like issues. This was like one of the things that years and years ago when Alan Moore was in the good graces in the 80s with DC, he sold an idea to them. So it's theirs. He got paid. 
Um, and it was the Twilight of the Superheroes, which was a weird story, like set in the future, which like, was kind of a la Kingdom Come. And the rumor was that it was going to kind of sort of bring back the multiverse and 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 everything. It was going to be like a future where the, there was several houses. One was House of L. One was the House of Thunder. Obviously, L was a super family. The L's were or the Thunder was uh, Captain Marvel and his family. And just it was a weird weird future but it never happened and alan moore kind of went away from the company there was some fallout i don't want to get what? into i never but, heard uh, of this alan moore <laughs> had a falling out with someone right so um for years and years you could buy this proposal or at least some of it that i know of um at shows like people just had xerox copies well through a series of events uh, our local retailer and the artist who shops therein, who works for DC, got a copy. And when I showed up to the shop, we they were already outlined the story where they wanted to go in the 90s because things had changed since the 80s. And I came on board and we add there, – there are whole pages dialogued and there are actual – pages i believe drawn by the artist we were willing to pitch this to do this proposal so i still somewhere up in my bedroom have all the notes because when we did notes we we're like all right we're going to do this with aquaman aquaman we're going to do this with flash this is how the book ends this goes on and now here's your here's your xerox copies copies of the notes here's your xerox copies of the notes and here's the originals that i'm keeping and we'd come in every week and we butt our heads together and come up with ideas and we had <laughs> We had most of it. We had most of it plotted out. A lot of it dialogue and a couple of pages drawn. So DC, if you are listening, because they're putting this unused proposal in a hardcover of random stories from the eighties. If you want, we we already got the. We're, we're off from Jump Street. We're ready to go. Come see us. This could be done. Uh, it's actually funny. Maybe someday when I see, I'll show you these these fabled notes, Joe. I was going to say, this is something that, with this being out, should be like maybe like a zine mm-hmm. that you guys should get printed up. Right. And I'm not going to say sell, but um, give away for free with a suggested donation. <laughs> right. Every couple of comics you buy at the local retailer store, you get, you know, if you buy a couple of the dollar books for $5, <laughs> you get the. You get the 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 fanzine. So that's not a bad idea, but uh, so th- it's this is just the script that's being collected in this thing, right? Right. The the proposal, the outline, okay. um, whatever. And then rumor has it, I'm hearing that whatever proposal made it out, there may be more to what's going to be in this hardcover. You know what I mean? So I don't know what it is. I wish I actually could find, like I was actually looking today. I know they're, I know they're up there. I could have had the proposal in front of me and seen like how many pages it was and how it was written out. But it's been so long since we did it. Like literally this was the nineties, like I said, when we did it. So, um, and then like, you know, like, uh, the artist was doing other work and we kind of trailed off. People were, you know, finding relationships, you know, the stuff that gets in the way, Joe, you know what I'm talking about. So I was going to say, do you know who still has this? Do you have this? I I know I have a copy of mine. It's literally alligator clipped all together, all the pages, any Xerox of like pages that 
that Tom drew, I'm sure our retailer has a copy. Um, now whether or not the artist still does, because over the years, like he moved sure. and, and like, I know like he was cleaning out his, his, his art studio and everything. So I don't know if he has the, the proposal and the, and the notes, but I know for a fact, I have every single note we ever did. Let's talk after we're done, huh? Okay. Okay. So while this is uh, interesting for DC to be doing uh, as part of what, and it's a very DC heavy segment of the news because DC has been busy and we'll get there uh, shortly uh, in that with all the recent shakeups and letting go and so on and so forth over at DC, uh, Jim Lee has stated that uh, they ha- he, they has a two year plan in motion at DC um, and the main front, the main two fronts of it are international and digital. This is not to say that they are getting rid of print. Uh, print and comics are going to be a very big part of DC's future. And this is actually something uh, that I was talking with our local shopkeep and other people from a safe distance while wearing masks when picking up my comics this past week. Um, that I don't think in our, and I've said this many times on the show, and even though things have looked dire for DC over the last many days and weeks and months, I don't think DC will ever go full digital in our lifetimes. Like, maybe in our children's lifetimes. Um, Because even if they just go to, like, a graphic novel type thing, where it's like we do all the single issues digitally, and then we put out the collections as, like, print collections, like, they'll never stop doing print comics in our lifetime, right? I agree. Right. Uh, but the the fact that Jim Lee is, like, looking to have a more stronger foothold in European and international markets, I think is something that is an untapped potential and used to be a thing, um, going all the way back to Marvel UK, you know, when whether it be books under the Marvel UK imprint that were sold in America or Marvel UK books that were sold only in the UK. Mm-hmm. And it was when like the 90s comic boom happened where they started like mixing like, OK, well, we're selling these books just to the UK and we're selling like these different versions of American books to the UK. Like, let's start mixing this and see if there's a market for the combining the two. And then there wasn't. Uh, but it's at least a strategy, I guess, let's say. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I agree. I, th- I, th- I think we talked about this last week, too. I'm like, this is a restructuring of DC, and they're figuring out what works. They're going to put out their best foot forward. And it happens all the time. And I think I may have even said, like, everybody's going into what caused it. And it's like, was it this with the books? Was that? And it's like, it's a little bit of that, but it's the, the merger at AT&T and Warner Brothers. Like, there's just so much here to unpack. I think you need to, you know, get all your ducks in a row. And one of the things that we were talking about over the weekend at the shop at a safe distance while wearing masks, because the summer you was in picking up his books and we were, we were just discussing it is when all this happens and you have all these vice presidents that they have their name, like everybody gets a title and nobody's doing anything because of that title. It's just like, Oh, we're going to honor you. Like we're going to give you your props and give you a title. It's like, there's a lot of those that build up over the years. And they're like, Nope, we're cleaning the house. We're getting a lot of the, the useless people out of here. Uh, keeping what works, blah, blah, blah. So I'm hoping it's just a small restructuring, a hiccup and DC will be s- stronger along the way. So 
and I, I say this, you know, only because it's another thing that we've said so many times. If they're looking at digital, the fact that DC does not have something like Marvel's digital thing where it's like mm-hmm. a subscription service and you get like this entire catalog of back whatevers. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that they don't have something like that. Right. Maybe they could turn the DC universe into that when things go over to Max. I don't know. HBO Max. I don't know. Right. You know? So it's it's part of DC Universe. Great. But maybe I don't want DC Universe. Maybe I just want those digital books. Right. But what I mean is maybe with them probably not having any original programming anymore Mm. that you could just take that platform and be like, all right, we have digital books here. Just make this our everything. Do you know what I mean? Like we have, we have, we have the, the template here. We don't have to build anything. So there's no money to throw down the well for this. It's right here. And just do just, upload the backlog like you said like the marvel unlimited thing now this is dc universe is technically the dc unlimited uh like marvel that's i think that's the smartest option for them yeah but good luck to them you know i I want all comics to succeed you know all comic companies to succeed no matter what mega conglomerates they're run by because they have a lot of people there that are doing work for them that i do a lot of good work, put out a lot of good stories, and need those paychecks, man, you know? Right, I agree. Uh, and just as a bit of a follow-up from one of our stories from last week in regards to uh, Wither, DC Direct, DC Collectibles, whatever they're calling it, essentially being no more. Uh, in that same Jim Lee interview uh, with The Hollywood Reporter, um, he had stated that... Um, that what they're doing with the collectibles is an evol- quote an evolving model. We want to produce these collectibles and serve those fans. We will probably be shifting to a higher price point collectible and more of a licensing model, working with manufacturers we already work with, which is mm-hmm. more or less what we had kind of talked about last week. Right, which makes me feel a little better because the only problem I had in that, like we were speculating a little bit, is that if they're going to do the higher price point stuff, that it isn't going to be the nickel and dime toys that they're that they were just going to license out. Maybe I will get my, you know, Jay Garrick Flash helmet, and it won't be a cheap piece of plastic. Like, at, like literally, all the worries that we went over last week, and I, you know, you had to talk me down off the ledge. That like Jim Lee came out and said, like everything that I was worrying about looks like it isn't going to happen. Now, do I want to see all this in place? Yes, I do. But uh, I feel a little bit better in these mere seven days since I got the news, you know? Right. So another from the same interview, he says again, quote, behind the scenes, how we create it and how we get it to the consumer is going to change. But we still have the person who was in charge of DC Direct jim fletcher with the company and in charge of that arm and leading into the next bit of business jim fletcher is going to be one of the panels on dc's fandom is it fandom or fandom i think it's fandom this is it fandom right i think it is fandom like it's under a dome of fans yes so uh starting this saturday for 24 hours uh it says 10 o'clock pacific so that's one o'clock real time uh, DC is doing like this whole big long thing, this whole big schedule, um, where they are having comic people, international people, 
DC Direct collectibles things. There's a lot of international stuff, as I mentioned before. There's stuff specifically geared toward like Spain and Italy and things like that. Um, there's a Wonder Woman panel. There's going to be a Suicide Squad panel for the upcoming movies. Uh, there's going to be writing panels, drawing panels, uh, all sorts of things like that. Um, so it's going to be a big deal that DC is doing. This kind of coordinated effort, I think, is going to help a lot for not only the folks with the with the uh, company still, but also um, to kind of show the people that are worried about DC status. They're like, hey, man, like we're putting out this united front. Right. And I like the idea, and it is DC fandom. I like the idea of the DC fandom, like all this stuff in here is great, especially coming off like a shaky news last week. But even more, I, I like the idea of the DC fandom in the future because there's ne- there's been, you know, like half-hearted tries to do, you know, like videos on YouTube from DC promoting their stuff and, and other stuff. But it always just seemed like to, to, to land flat to me. And I think coming out of the gate so hard with this DC fan fandom that if they can keep the momentum going and get like creators to do stuff every week or, you know, on a regular basis, uh, it could help promote DC as a whole, which I think that's one of the drawbacks to both of the big two, especially is like, we talk about how, like when you see ads for comics, when you go to the movies and they're like just there because you're going to see a comic book movie or anything. Like we just always discuss how much, uh, Marvel and DC should promote their stuff more with commercials, whatever. And this is to me a stepping stone for that. And I think it's a great idea. Just don't drop the ball with this. Right. And they're doing a lot of things. They have a lot of big name folks involved with this. You know, obviously everyone from Jim Lee to Todd McFarlane, who I think might be doing stuff with the toys in the near future, which, you know, we kind of talked about a little bit last week. Um, And then they have a bunch of creative folks. Like I said, uh, Mikel Janine is going to be on there. Uh, Emmanuel Lupacicoli, as I butcher that last name. No, Emmanuel uh, Lupacino. There you go. Uh, Amanda Connor. Uh, Neil Gaiman is going to be doing stuff as part of this. And as I mentioned before, I know part of this is going to be um, Suicide Squad stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Jimmy Pistol, a.k.a. (laughs) James Gunn, and a bunch of people from the Suicide Squad movie are going to be doing a big panel as well. And I guess, like, on a separate note, which is something we don't cover much, is they have officially announced, uh, I guess, that there's going to be a suicide squad video game that like to tie in with all this stuff. I down the like line. It's going to be related to the injustice games, I guess. Yeah. Right. I, I thought it was, I thought that was going to be a JSA thing, but I could be, could be mistaken, but mm-hmm. either way, I'd like to see a, a suicide squad game, especially more of the Arkham asylum games would be more fun, but Hey, whatever, you know, gets, gets promotion out there and make some money. I'm fine with And then another thing is they're touting as part of these panels is that they're going to be giving away something like 200 digital comics. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I don't know if this is like you get to read them only during that 24-hour period or you have to attend, quote-unquote, certain panels to get certain books. Um, Again, that part hasn't been 100% clear. But as I walk back from the Jim Lee interview with The Hollywood Reporter and look at this... So there's a bunch of live panels that are going to be going on, but then there's a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of like canned that you can kind of like hop in and hop out whenever you want. Mm -hmm. But 
there's so much of this of this thing that's going to be this is also going to be done in Japanese with English subtitles. This is going to be in Brazilian with English subtitles. They are really pushing the worldwide international aspect like here. Like it's starting now. Which I think is great. Right. I think that's fantastic. And like that's one of those things where you see Jim Lee say it in an interview and you're like, okay, two year plan. We'll see when this gets done. It's like, no, it starts this weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. I agree. I wish them luck because I always want to see DC do very, very well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So that's really the only thing when it comes to conventions this weekend, because until like a biggie convention comes back, we're not really going to push that. But I will, of course, push our local retailer comics on the green. We have a link to their Facebook page in the show notes. Um, If you want to buy some stuff, uh, help out a small business and directly, indirectly help us out by all means. Uh, maybe your uh, local shop does not have a brisk mail order business. You can't get to the store for whatever reason. Our store will ship your books, your pull list, your subscription, whatever you want to call it, to your home uh, weekly, monthly, however it is you want. So check them out for assistance there. Our friend Becky has an Instagram page where she puts up a lot of her arts and is take her art and is taking commissions. And of course, the soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, uh, where all the shows, all the friends, all the like minded individuals get together and put their podcasts out separately into the world. And then I go and I collect them and I put them all in one spot. And that's soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Uh, that's this show, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, At Odds with Wrestling. Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Wednesday Night Wars, and Final Wrestling Place. All of those shows, soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. Digital books and sales, Todd, going on this week. Uh, some we're, we're like the new cycle has begun of sales. Um, the IDW Transformer sale is in its lasting days, its final days, whatever. Uh, Marvel has a bunch of sales, uh, sales on X-23 related stuff, uh, on Apocalypse related stuff, and Jane Foster Thor related stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what any of those mean. When I was looking at my pull list, uh, pulling the curtain back just a little bit, when I send, I have a pull list, a standing pull list with my comic book shop, but I always like to send a list of like, hey, here's what's coming out this week, make sure we got them. Hey, could we check about some stuff that may have missed a shipment here or there? And uh, hey, give me this variant if you got it, that variant if you got it, this variant if you got it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the list of the variants that are coming out for certain books this week. And then I see that there's one for Thor this week that just says Thor spoiler cover variant. <laughs> and again, I don't know anything, but a lot of times when Marvel does these digital sales, there's a reason for it. Right. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. And I basically, when it comes to the Marvel books, I I just, when I order them, it's like, I want the A cover. I don't want any variants. I don't want any whatever. The Marvel books, all A covers. Uh, I always check to see if there's like an artist or two. Like um, when Empire started, a lot of times when there's a new number one at Marvel, they'll do like four, five, six, seven different covers. And I'll look at the covers, see if any jump out at me. Or if there's an artist that I like, and, you know, we've talked about it before, like when the, uh, was it the Silver Surfer Black book 
Right. The variant on it was by Ron Lim, who is, you know, I would say, if not the one of the definitive Silver Surfer artists. So I wanted those covers. I, I would agree with you. Um, just like I, I think we've gone over my preferences. DC, I'm, I'm more likely to look at. But because for me, it has to usually they only do those those decent variants of just like. It's a cover that would be a cover for the book. To me, the B covers for the variants are always like, here's your copy of Fantastic Four this month with a Venom, you know, theme this month. And I'm like, don't want any of that. But I am more open to like, like if Ron Lim was drawing something that looks like it would be in the book, if that makes any sense. Like usually those alternate covers are like, to me, the imaginary covers. Mm. So, but anyway. Gotcha. Uh, some of the other sales, Viz Comics is doing a uh, sale on Yokai Watch stuff. Uh, Dynamite is having something called a recent hit sale. We're on the flip side. Dark Horse is doing something called a history sale. And I think that's probably like their historical comics. Okay. And DC is having a sale uh, in conjunction with Fandome happening this weekend. I'm sure if you miss the things that are for free, uh, you can get them here. Super cheap, uh, tons of graphic novels, tons of individual books. Todd, if I'm not mistaken, and I may be, it looks to be something in the ballpark of 2,500 different graphic novels. <laughs> um, and I know you're all surprised. When I say graphic novels, I kick myself. Trade paperbacks. Uh. Um, of course, Batman Year One is in this. Of course, Dark Knight Returns. But put that money away, ladies and gentlemen, because for the paltry sum, I say, paltry sum of doing my gazintas here, of $41, Todd, mm -hmm. you can get digitally the entire run of Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray's All-Star Western. There you go. There's your money right there. Do that up. Yep, yep. Oh, too, I wonder if, do they have the, I know you're going to go look or you're going to get mad at me today, I have to look it up. Do they have the Jonah Hex at all? They do not. Oh, that's the one. I mean, as much as I love that All-Star Western run, that Jonah Hex was so much better. Uh, like, you know what? They do. It's mm -hmm. one of those things where, um, because of the way that they do the numbering, it's like, here's volume one, here's volume ten, here's volume two, you know, just because the way that oh. they do the numbering and stuff. Right. Um, but I think those, there's 10 of them. There's $6 each, 60 bucks. But then there's the Jonah Hex Bury Me in Hell thing, which right. I think which is I think separate. Was a, which I think was a best of kind of a deal. Okay. Uh, then there is No Way Back. That was the last uh, work of Tony DiZaniga, the the artist who created Jonah Hex, working with Jimmy Palmiotti. That was a one-shot, brand-new hardcover that came out during their run, around the movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, right, and then the other two are not done by pa Gray and Palmiotti. Right. So, I don't know. There's You can get those 12 at 6 bucks a clip. You can get the other ones for $41. Um, I don't know if you like comic books, get those. There you go. Uh, so like I said, those are all the digital sales going on, a bunch of stuff to satiate you over. Nothing new 
on freebies. They really haven't been updating that list, but uh, we still have that list there. Hopefully, uh, you all took advantage and checked out that Astro City one half that I have sitting in there, you know? So good. Yes, indeed. Uh, so let's get into what we read from this past week. Uh, let's start off with the book that we were uh, that I was looking forward to coming out this week, which is Immortal Hulk number 36, uh, written by Al Ewing with art by Joe Bennett. Mm-hmm. Uh, good to see the A team back on this this one. Mm-hmm. Not that the B and C teams were anything less. Uh, so of this run by Al Ewing, and I have to tread lightly here with my language, but this was the most Hulk butt book in this run. Like just this was the most like an old school standard Hulk fights a bunch of stuff sort of issue. Kinda, yeah. But this was like Al Ewing's spin on that. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, my biggest takeaway from it obviously was because at this point, everybody pretty much knows that uh, the leaders in uh, Rick Jones's body somehow, and he's doing stuff to make this, this situation worse. Um, that has happened in the last issue. There was like an explosion at this, this town meeting and everything. And the Hulk was there. He's being honored and it goes sideways. But, the hard part about this book is much like, first of all, uh, Bennett being back is amazing because his use of like close ups and the, and the art of like the horror esque stuff that he does is perfect. But between Al Ewing making Hulk sympathetic in this and like, cause it's dumb Hulk who is basically just a uh, gassed up baby, as far as I'm concerned, like a young kid. And he's crying over what's happened and you feel terrible for him. And then people come out slapping Hulk around and you're like, like in this point, usually you're like, oh, you made the Hulk mad. Look out in this. You're like, stop bullying the Hulk, which is a weird take to have reading a Hulk book, if that makes any sense. Uh, So it was weird for me to read that. You know, it seems like a different take for me. Right. But, you know, once again, the Immortal Hulk's like really good. And I love the, what do you call it? I know you had a, had a name for it. It's like what the body something horror. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah just the, yeah, the, the body horror. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not, like, there was no something. It was just the body horror. Yes. yes right. Yes. I've heard that term like in movies and stuff like the fly was that kind of movie, but with Rick Jones being all like weird and like his body being distorted. I'm like, man, as much as you say, it's like, you know, you don't want to knock the other teams. That's like, that's that, that's like the bread and butter of Bennett. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. He, he just kills it and like like I said, close up shots. So this being back after a couple of great written issues, but I felt like like Preacher's a Dylan drawn book. This is a Bennett drawn Hulk book. It's good to have him back. I totally agree with you. And I'm I'm back on all cylinders with the Mortal Hulk. I never left. I've always been here. You're a Johnny come lately with this book, I think. Eh, that's the way I go, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it, this, like I said, this was just really good. Um, I haven't seen the DC or the, uh, Marvel November solicitations yet. Mm-hmm. I know there's been talk that this book is ending soon, but I know when there was that immortal She-Hulk book that's coming out next month, it's like, yeah, that's the end of the book. And then it's not the end of the book, you know? Right. Well, that was that before or after issue 50, because wasn't that where he was talking the book was going to end? Well, that's the thing. So we had thought it was always going to be issue 50, but there was like so many of the solicitations over the last two months. Um, 
kind of teased that like, oh, the book's coming to an end. The book's coming to an end. The book's coming to an end, you know? Right. I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe everybody involved likes money or something. I don't know. Joe. Right. But you mentioned Joe Bennett. Lots of really cool double page spreads. Lots of cool body horror modifications. Like people just exploding. People just ripped to shreds. People just like more or less like bones being ripped out of them. You know, you could see like the spines being jarred. Fantastic stuff. It's beautifully colored. Um, this is always such a good book. Yes, it is. I think I'm going to mention the book I was looking forward to most, which was from Boom Studios called Seven Secrets uh, by the aforementioned Tom Taylor writer with art by Daniele Dea Nicola, um, a new book. Basically, the story is about this secret organization that is guarding literally seven secrets and the this man and woman who are at one of the bases guarding one of the seven, someone invades who you find out that they, we have to, you know, keep these secrets safe from people and through like uh, flashbacks and uh, like a weird storytelling, we find out that these, this couple did something in the group that, that they're guarding the secrets that they were not supposed to do. And we find out what they did makes the person who's narrating the story who we don't even kind of meet in this. And we, it's just the building blocks of the, the universe for seven secrets. And I'm interested in it because we see something happen to one of the main characters uh, that we see in the, and I don't know. I just look at it. It's a weird uh, first issue, but I'm all in because it just seems like this book is going to be a book that's literally layered with secrets in a weird way. Cause that's the title. I, I don't know. I, I really liked it, and it's because it's Tom Taylor. I'm I'm definitely giving it a chance, but I could see that this is only the building blocks because we I don't think we've even met the main character yet. So there were characters on the variant covers that weren't even like even mentioned in this book, or maybe they were mentioned, but we just never got a look at what they look like, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the one thing that I was I don't want to say shocked by, but let me put it back by this: just you know, this was a book. Okay, I enjoyed Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad. Okay, it's a it's a creator-owned book. I'll give it a whirl. I, I trust Tom Taylor enough. I don't need to look too much at it, right? But I was, again, not wanting to say shocked, not wanting to say taken aback, was not the art style I was expecting for what the pitch for this book was. Right. This book almost looks like and feels like, and I'm not doing a disservice to either one, but it feels very much like Batman animated series feel and look. It's, I, I get what you're saying, but this way more has an anime feel to me than it does uh, than the Batman animated universe. Okay, right. So that's kind of where I'm going with this. It's just like a lot of the square jaws, a lot of the slight features on smaller characters, more or less the style painting with a broad brush of that, which I get. You mentioned anime. That was going to be the other thing I was going to mention was they could have went a different way with this as well and had swears in this book. Had this be a book full of swears, and I'm glad it wasn't because I think just because of the basic world building in this, that this could be something and should be something that Boom pushes to the the uh, the manga crowd. Right. And I, I, I just, on, on that question where you say no swears, like, I don't know if Boom Studios even does any books that are more adult-oriented. You know they what I mean? Do. Like, 
they do. I'm not as as you know. Uh, I, I don't know their 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 library too well. So I was just curious when you said that. I was like, oh, maybe they don't even have stuff like that. But if you say they do, but yeah, I could see them marketing that. And like to me, like with the art, it just seemed very like anime, like with the speed lines and stuff like that, and like just backgrounds that were like more of like a color with like action like blurs and stuff like that and i'm not an anime guy and i i kind of dislike that look but it just it, it flowed for me in the story so i didn't mind it even though that's not my jam i gotcha so but but i really like this um again world building new characters all sorts of stuff like that um what was laid with the groundwork here and you know we get our big piece which is the secrets the keepers of the secrets the people after the secrets and then we get our little piece this one which is here's what we know of the origin story of uh who's going to be the main character at the very least regarding who their parents are and i think they're you know they do a little bit here in this issue but I think it's going to become a bigger issue as the story goes on that they are going to be like the eighth secret or the biggest secret or the something secret, right? Right. Uh, and again, I don't, want, I don't want to be too, too spoilery, if that makes any sense. Right. And even like you said, not only with the good guys do we not get any like information, like basically all we know of the bad guy is he's bad by his what he does. Do you know what I mean? Like we get no backstory for him. He's just like comes in, does some terrible things. You're like, okay, I'm guessing you're the villain. You know what I mean? But who knows? It might be a secret that you're a good guy. I don't know anymore. Uh, I just, but like, that's what I like about it is that like, it just the feel of the book. For sure. Uh, So definitely check this one out Mm -hmm. if you can. I know it sold very well. I know a second printing, I think is coming out this week in most local, uh, comic stores right right so So that's what we read from this past week uh let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week if you head over to longboxheroes.com every tuesday eh, around noon i don't know word (laughs) press is gonna be some issues today it was very frustrating uh we put up the poll post which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week whether you get your books in print whether you get them digitally whether you're hoping that they all just get collected in a different language as a graphic novel by DC, (laughs) be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out. Uh, Todd and I also list what we're picking up this week and attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is, excuse me, in the lead with one correct guess over mine. And uh, you started the show, so you go first. Right. I'm looking over your list. Is the book you're looking forward to most Maestro number one? It is Maestro number one. And I think that's also the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week as well. Right. I almost could not look forward to this book anymore, being the story of Future Imperfect, like the origin of that, Peter David and and George Perez. The only way this could be higher on my list was if actually George Perez drew the issue, but him being retired from comics isn't going to happen. So that I'm I'm super jacked for this first issue. Now, I mention this only because there is a George Perez variant cover on this. Right. Which is... That Marvel just, I don't know how they knew, just called somebody up who got a sketch off him whenever and was like, hey, can we use your maestro sketch that you that you commissioned him for as a cover, which is 
becoming like a bigger and bigger thing in like comics, especially somebody who's not working anymore or somebody who's passed away and they'll, they'll hit you up and who's going to say no, because your little dinky commission that say like George still does them, but like uh, you can get a full body for like $1,200. Um, that's good. You could double like what you paid for that by making it a cover, like a published cover. So uh-huh. no one is going to say no to that. I'd like to, I'd like to so I'd like to see how D, uh, Marvel went through the process of reaching out to this person who they're using that for, and I'd also like to talk to the person who did say no because you know there was one person who was like yeah I'll give it to you for like a billion dollars yeah, um, <laughs> but I also wonder too is they because they don't have to ask you like if I had a, if I had something by George Perez let's say and I I commissioned him and somebody wanted to use that I I. I don't have the rights to any of the publishing thing. Like as, as buying that it's, it's a lot of the artists will tell you, you don't, you don't get the publishing rights or whatever. So they might not even have gone to this person. They could have, but they could have gone directly to George Perez too and said, do you have any scans of your maestro sketches? And yes. And then secretly that would make the person who bought that commission even happier. Like there's, I've heard many different ways of it happening. You know what I mean? So it could have been either way, but I'm hoping that like my comic art fans and like my Facebook page, like somebody like links Marvel and DC to it and they find something. They're like, Hey, we want, we want to use that by all means. Go right. ahead. I'm, I'm very interested to see like what that process goes like, like who's in charge of doing that. Like, Oh, we want a George Perez cover. Well, George mm-hmm. isn't doing any new work. Well, what are we going to do? We want a George cover for this. You know, they send someone out to scour those sites, like you mentioned, to see recent commissions. And, like, what are the odds that of the X amount of conventions before everything shut down, the X amount from there that George did, then the X amount that he did commissions of the maestro. Now, of that X amount, who do, which ones do we choose? You know, do we have, like, a, a backup? Like, this is now a fascinating thing I need to look into. Right. And like I said, they could have just went straight to George too. You know what I mean? Like, even though he's retired, there's no way he's going to turn down a paycheck for something that he doesn't have to draw. Do you know what I mean? Like, let me get my JPEG out and send and Dropbox you something. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? But I'm with you and I can actually see, okay, after this one, I know for a fact, like he, he did whatever con he went to during the, the goodbye tour, he did five head sketches a day and one of them was a beautiful beautiful maestro head sketch so i guarantee you before this is all over i'll send you the picture if i can find it that i'm like this is going to be one of the other the other covers like Uh it's that good so uh i i like i kind of want those george perez variant covers but i believe they're the one in 25s which is going to make them not cover price and yeah. because it's George, they're going to be expensive. And I'm like, ah, I like it, but I can't see me. I'm just going to say 20 bucks. You know what I mean? And I'm not paying that for, for like five or six issues. Ugh. For no, sure. I'm good. But yeah, hopefully you know, we can find out more about that somewhere down the line. I'll have to investigate. Yeah. Put on your, you know, detective comics hat. That's right. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff. That Todd and I have done together, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues, 
Uh, you could also check out our store, which has shirts and pins and stickers of our fancy logo. Uh, also in there, you can go to our Tee Public store, which has more things inspired by this show. Add-ons with wrestling, After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, that you can get printed on a variety of things. It's back to school time, Todd. I think there's a sale <laughs> on, like, notebooks, right? Ooh. If you want to have a fish math notebook <laughs> for when you return to school to go along with your when did blank become a business face mask, by all means, get cracking on that. Uh, uh, what What class would you take your fish math notebook to? I would take that to biology because we'd probably be studying animals, right? Right. And then maybe you could use the back half for your math class. Do double duty with your with your notebook. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I do in my notebook. The front half is the comics for the week and the back half is like the wrestling shows and then the two meet in the middle and I got to get a new tablet. Oh, I actually have to talk to you about helping me with my list in the near future. So we my comic book show. stuff. I'm going to write it down right now. No problem. I just, that just jumped. Help. <laughs> uh, also, you could uh, sign up for our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You get two bonus shows from Todd and I, uh, both the Babbling Brooks show where we look at the films of comic legend Mel Brooks and previewing the past where we look at this month, 30 years ago, uh, in the previews catalog, which we have a bunch of them up to, what, mid-92, I think? No, I think we have all of 90 and 91. I don't know if we have any of 92. I think we have, like, one ninety-two, but we'll okay. see. Um, so, also, if you are at the $5 level, you get those two bonus shows two weeks before everyone else, and you also get After Dark, like, three days before everyone else. So you could be part of the exclusive Correct Listening Order Club. It's a sweet club to join, man. Certainly is. I live that club, so Mm. I don't have to be part of it. Me too. I live it too. Yes. Uh, You could also, another way to help us out that doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help us out as mentioned, which is making any and all of your Amazon purchases through our Amazon link at the top of longboxheroes.com does not cost you anything extra. They call it an advertising fee. I call it a thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Mm -hmm. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week was... Somebody purchased six blind bag bundles of Yokai Watch Series 2 medals. I remember the six months where my kid was into the Yokai Watch, and the Yokai Watch books are on sale. So I don't know whoever bought those, maybe buy those digital books for them and like get them reading or something. Hmm. Okay. Uh, somebody pre ordered for the Xbox One some new Marvel Avengers game that is coming out. I believe I know what that is. Yeah, I don't know nothing about no video games. Yeah, well, you're... I, I know they're doing an upgrade on the Goose game. You can play two players at once. Is that the pilot from Top Gun? No, it's a it's a game where you're a goose and you just, like, walk through a town and you move things. Apparently it's a big thing. Mm, goose moving action. It's no fall, guys, but what is? Clint, Cl- uh, Colt Seavers, the old yes. Stuntman TV show? I wish it was that game, but it's not. Oh. I would buy that in a heartbeat, but go ahead. Uh, Somebody purchased the McFarlane Toys Mortal Kombat Baraka figure. Hmm. I was always a Johnny Cage guy. I always liked the more realistic, human-looking people in Mortal Kombat to play with. I was actually never a Mortal Kombat guy, so... Really? 
Yeah, at all. I think three was the last one for me. Was Mortal Kombat Blanca? No, Blanca is Street Fighter. All right, see, that'll tell you how much. I was not into the, the fighting games at yeah. all. Yeah, I, uh, I was a fighting game, uh, whatchamacallit. Like, I was, I was the guy riding my bike uh, from my house when I lived at home with my folks to the price chopper in Westside so I could play Mortal Kombat 2. You're talking to the guy who just found out that Bartari in Scranton got elevator action, so I'm all pumped to go there once, uh, you know, the pandemic's over. My kid was there this weekend. What? Uh, He was there and we weren't? Well, he didn't want to go to the wrestling, so my wife took him to the aquarium that's at the mall and then took him over to Bartari Mm -hmm. and sent me pictures of, like, oh, here he is playing all of your favorite games. Like, neither (laughs) one of them knew. But, like, when I get pictures of him playing the Simpsons arcade game in theater of Magic Pinball, I'm mm-hmm. like, that could be me. Yep, I believe they have Adam's Family Values there and a couple other. I'm like, I got to go. I got to I gotta get them in. They cycle them in all the time because they're, like, doing, like, repairs and upgrades and maintenance yep. on stuff. Right. I'm following them on Facebook so I could see what's coming in and what's going out. Yeah, yeah. Not a sponsor of the show, by the way. No, it could be. Let's, yeah, no, but go ahead. Let's talk. Maybe one of these days I'll go there. Maybe tomorrow I'll go there with my kid. Like, hey, remember this kid that was here the other day? Let's mm-hmm. talk. <laughs> right. Somebody also purchased uh, a Van Gogh Starry Night guitar strap and a huge hundred value pack of the best guitar picks. Oh, you know, there's no guitar pick better because these are the best, Joe. Right. And it's a huge value. Mm. Uh, somebody also purchased Gift Express brand 12-pack of assorted colored duct tapes Ooh. and duck max strength duct tape in Ooh. silver. That's the extra strength, so nobody right. gets free. That, that was that same guy last week who purchased the 60 rolls of masking tape and oh. now has decided, okay, that didn't work, and I got to upgrade to this. I thought he got hit by a bus. No, uh, he's still out there. Okay, <laughs> hitchhiking across the country, certainly with, with his with his backpack full of duct tape. <laughs> oh, Todd, refresh your feed because we've had some art attacks pop up since we started recording. I actually found those and retweeted them. Um, All right, uh, Rebecca's art sent in some character designs for a project that Rebecca is working on, and it looks like because it even says under said characters, mom and dad. So I'm guessing those characters are mom and dad. But I will admit that dad character is the daddiest dad character I've ever seen. Like that just thing that that character just 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 exudes dad. I, I love that the the the, the mustache, the, the facial hair, everything about it. He's, he's very got- uh, Professor Bunsen honeydew in disguise. Right. I was thinking more he was the guy who Waiter Grover always messes up his order on Sesame Street. So the reason I went that way was more the head shape Mm -hmm. and the more that you can't see his eyes. The guy that Grover messes up his order all the time while he has the bushy mustache. He's got the horseshoe bald pattern and he's got like visible eyes. Fair enough. Fair enough. I say we merge them and make the perfect Muppet. But uh, that's that's very good. And then... um, uh, me 
and also T-Bolt 712 put up a bunch of George Perez stuff. Um, T-Bolt 712 said that he got, he grabbed some sketches from the legendary George Perez this summer. And how could you go wrong with Raven and Starfire? I'm absolutely thrilled with how these turned out. And now, like I said before, George Perez does a full body, uh, very expensive, 1200 bucks. And these are the more every man, you know, more affordable pieces and they're only supposed to be head sketches but he crushed raven and starfire like he gave josh so much more when it comes to than just a head sketch they're absolutely gorgeous with the like the raven shadow behind raven and everything those two are absolutely like some of my favorite that he's done recently so i'll say this that starfire picture perfect magnifique uh, if you told me he drew that in 1980, whatever he was on that book, I would have believed you instead of 2020, which is signed on there. Uh, if I was Josh, I'd hide that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the other one, that looks nothing like sad Scotty Flamingo. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, Hang on. Somebody's giving me a note here. Mm-hmm. There's more than one Raven in popular culture. Huh? All right. right. I was going to say it doesn't look like the kid on the Cosby show either. Yes. Uh, so, no, so that they're they're both very very fantastic pieces. It's almost like George has some practice drawing the Teen Titans. Oh my goodness! Right, um, and also uh, I I had a George Perez one, and it's like when I found out George Perez was doing head sketches again after retiring from comics, I decided I needed to get a Jonah Hex off of him because I loved the way he drew him in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And now I didn't get like all the busts that like. Uh, Josh got with his literally a bus shot with uh, Starfire, but uh, he like the force perspective of the pistol that Jonah Hex is holding is absolutely fantastic. I I love 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 this piece to add to my Jonah Jonah Hex collection. So I'll I'll ask you know it's just supposed to be a head sketch, but uh, I didn't know that Jonah Hex had a hand and a gun growing out of the side of his face. Uh, he's holding up a gun, Joe. Right, but what I'm saying is is it's just supposed to be a head. Oh, okay, yes. Because in the other ones, it's like, well, it's just supposed to be Raven and uh, Star- Starfire's heads. No, 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 we're going to give you, like, full cloak and a background and, like, a super detailed, like, neck piece. You know right. I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. like, and George Perez, like, what George Perez considers a head sketch and other people who consider a head sketch, I think, are wildly different. And I think it benefits you, the consumer, and less him. It, it does, and I'll just tell you because we were watching the head sketches over the course of time, and I believe, and I don't want to knock George at all, but I believe some of them were a little of like like a lesser quality because I believe he had more eye surgery done, and some of them were a little wonky, and then they were getting like we were like oh like should we get head sketches like this is probably our last chance to get them. You don't know how long he's going to be doing them, and then they started getting better and he started adding more stuff and it seemed almost like he was trying to top himself which each of the head sketches that we saw if that makes any sense and we're like now's the time to get in and we got it and it was a quick turnaround um and if anybody's like legitimately interested i can like give you the information to get stuff because he's still doing it the only thing is right now because like people were putting these out online and different groups and everything. He got swamped again. And he says, I'm going to do more, but I'm literally shutting my list down because I have so many till the, till I, I won't take any more orders till sometime in September. But you know, you, you'll have the information if you want to, because like Joe said, these are a beautiful deal for what, you know, you get. 
Yeah, and I, I don't know if there's, like, a way to, like, kind of monitor that. Like, unless you just have to, like, check back, like, every day, every week, every month, whatever. He has a he has a rep who'll tell you. He, okay. He you go through him, and then he's like, all right, send the money. When I hear he got your money through PayPal, um, I, I'll, you know, I'll you put in what you want in the PayPal like thing and everything. It's, it's, you know, pretty straightforward. Certainly. Okay. And again, like I said, it's just, you know, with a, um, with a George Perez type person where it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm not, I'm done. I'm not, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I know what you said. Yeah. yeah. But so I, is that everything? Because we don't have any TV talk show? Yeah, no TV talk. It's going to be like a short-ish shows for us, you know? Oh, wow. Vacation. Yeah, that's right. There's me having wrestling and a bunch of wrestling to watch this week. Uh, you reap the benefits. I was thinking, too, because I was like, oh, we could have did the thing that we were going to do. But I was like, Joe has two wrestling shows to go to this weekend, not just one. And then he's got wrestling to watch. And God only knows if there was a pay-per-view this week or do soon. So I'm like, ah. There's two pay-per-views this weekend plus uh, all elite wrestling, which is usually on Wednesdays, is on Saturday night this week because of basketball. Right. I'm thinking at some point before the boys starts, you might have a, a, we might have a clear weekend. Maybe Uh we'll do the old guard, but if not, then nothing till the boys, you know what I mean? Like if you were like, Oh, like I have like, it's, it's calmed down. Then maybe we'll do something. But if not, I'm fine with waiting until like uh, the boys comes out on Amazon. Uh huh. So that's cool. Yeah. I think we'll be waiting. (laughs) Call it a hunch. Call it a hunch? Yeah, I know the guy who makes those decisions. Oh, the executive decisions. The executive order. That's right. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. So, everyone, thank you very much for listening to episode 516 of Long Box Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.